1: it's time to play like a jet with your host scott mason
0: play like a jet what does that mean i made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the new york jets rogers going for it all looking to bring it open he's got it lazard gonna go touchdown rogers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right pumps and runs and Rodgers is inside the pylon allen has time Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped
1: up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning,
0: 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen.
1: This is play like a jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one And we are talking about what the Jets have done here in the offseason doing some round tables And I'm glad to welcome a first-time guest I've always said that at one point he was the gold standard of independent wrestling announcing And what I mean by that is if I saw an independent promotion and a certain wrestler was on it or a certain referee was working I knew that there was some credibility. If I knew that this guy was announcing on that show, I knew that that promotion was worth checking out. And I'm talking about Lenny Leonard, who was the voice of FIP down in Florida, Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, Evolve, a ton of different promotions. Some of the best indie wrestling of the last 10 to 20 years. Lenny, really honored to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on, man.
0: I appreciate it. I'm excited.
1: If you were a wrestling fan, the hope spot is something where you're watching the good guy, the baby face, and he's trying to make a comeback and win the match and overcome the odds. And that's sort of what we've been doing as Jets fans is watching the Jets as our baby face is trying to overcome the odds and turn the tide of what we've been seeing from them for years. That's what we're talking about when we mentioned Aaron Rodgers and the acquisition there. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers. What did you think of the acquisition? Did you think that what the Jets did was the right move? There were obviously other possibilities. Derek Carr was available at one point. Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford. They could have gone after somebody like Lamar Jackson. Instead, it was Aaron Rodgers the whole way. Do you think it was the right move? And what are your thoughts overall on the trade and what Rodgers will bring to the Jets? I like
0: the move. Obviously, pie in the sky, maybe Lamar is the move, but I don't really think they ever had a chance. Uh, at Lamar, I think it, everybody knew that it was a done deal. He was going to end up back in Baltimore one way or another. Um, and and if you look at everybody else from Ryan Tannehill to Derek Carr, I think it's you know the the same of what we've seen in the revolving door of Jets quarterbacks for the last forty years, for the most part. You know, you you'll get some flashes of potential greatness and some competence, and then some just head scratching play. And I don't think. They're that much better off tomorrow with Derek Carr than they were with Zach Wilson yesterday, uh, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. Granted, your window is going to be shorter, a hundred percent for sure. But the window's short anyway. Like you've got your best players on their entry level contracts; the time to maximize their value is now. Before you have to pay or maybe potentially lose them. So I, I think it's the right move. You take the big swing. Uh, You go for the best player available, and at their position, that was of need. Aaron Rodgers was the best player available, and I think the price they paid was reasonable. Uh, You gave up a second-round pick this year, which, I mean, you flipped first. That's really a nothing burger. At the end of the day, they got who they wanted with their first-round pick anyway. So you give up a second this year, and if he plays 60% of the plays and he's playing at the level that you're expecting Aaron Rodgers to play, and that first round pick next year is going to be a fairly low pick. So I don't think it's a bad, I don't think it was an overpay and I think it was the right move.
1: Do you think the Jets did enough to surround Aaron Rodgers with enough talent for them to make some sort of deep run? Do you think the Jets did all they could to surround Rodgers with the best pieces that they could give him? I do.
0: I think if you look at this team offensively, I think there are more, there's more talent at the skill positions that this team has seen in ages I mean, you've got Brees Hall, you got Wilson, you bring in Lazard, who's really good. You've got another burner in Hardman, who, yeah, he, he's not going to get you 80 catches for a thousand yards, but he's also a guy that can take the ball to the house anytime he touches it. You've got Brees who can take the ball to the house every time he touches it. Then you draft, uh, you draft a kid like Izzy from Pitt uh, in, in the fifth round, another guy. Anytime he touches the ball, he can take it to the end zone. So if you if you ask me. I don't think we've seen a team with this much offensive talent uh, for the Jets in as long as I can remember.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. Where are you at with the coaching staff and the front office? Did you like the way that Joe Douglas approached the offseason? Did you like the addition of Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator? Do you think that putting him back together with Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard is going to pay dividends? What do you think overall with the guys that are going to be coaching the team on the field and the ones that are making the decisions at Florham Park, namely Joe Douglas, Rex Hogan, and all those guys in the front office?
0: I, I like Joe. I don't think he's ever lost a trade that he's made yet. I think he draft. He's clearly shown that he can draft well at the top of the draft. I think the the jury is definitely out still on his later picks uh, over the last couple of years, but de- definitely I don't think you could fault any of the picks he's made at the top. I, I mean, Beckton has been you know an issue that may be the one you want to pin your hat on if you're looking for one, but you know I, I think he's got a, a solid idea of what he wants to do. I think he's got a good plan of how he wants to build the team. He's a build it from you know the line out kind of guy, and, and he's done a good job on the defensive side of the ball, uh, getting a lot of talent. And I think this is we're seeing now for the first time again in a long time that this is now a difficult team to make. You're going to have to be really, really good to make this football team. Uh, and there's going to be guys that they let go that are going to get immediately picked up by other teams. And we even saw it during free agency for the first time. And I couldn't tell you how long that guys that the jets let go are getting snapped up on day one of free agency by other teams, because that's, that's the level of talent that are in, that's in the building now. And we haven't seen that in forever. So uh, I'm happy with the job Joe's done. Uh, I like Salah. Uh, I think he, he's best as a motivator and he gets people to buy in and people to uh to see his vision of of how he wants to run the team. I I don't know if he's all the way there X's and O's yet. I don't think he's there from an uh, an in-game strategy perspective as far as being able to make adjustments in-game. I think that's his big opportunity. He's going to need to be able to show the ability to do that, uh, to change the plan when what you've made isn't working. We haven't seen that out of him yet. Uh, I think the collapse at the end of last year is uh, a pretty good indication of that and that there were a lot of times where things started to work and then as soon as the wheels uh, looked like they were getting wobbly, they fell off very quickly. So uh, he's going to need to show the ability to change course in the game in the middle of a game that he hasn't shown yet. Pack uh, it as OC, I, I think it was a concession to try to sweeten the pot for Aaron to get him to want to come here. Um, I, I think it's good to have a quarterback in a, and a coordinator that are on the same page and you bring in a Lazard. If for nothing else, it's going to make it easier to teach everyone else the offense, right? So you, your quarterback is comfortable. Your, one of your better receivers is comfortable. The play caller knows uh, his main guys, and, and I think it's going to make it easier to roll the offense out to everybody else uh, from that aspect. I like it. Um, and, and I think there's still – a lot of room to grow with this team. So I'm, I'm excited for the future for the first time in, in a while.
1: Lenny, speaking of the future, the NFL draft, what do you think of the jets? 2023 draft class.
0: I love Pittman out of Wisconsin as a center. I, I, I get that they re-signed McGovern. Um, so Joe may not play right away unless he comes in and blows the doors off. But I, I love his attitude. He just beats people up, uh, at the center spot. He's huge. Um, I'm hoping, you know, he's the guy we've been, uh, we've been waiting for you know for a long time to kind of anchor that offensive line um since the days of of DeBrick and everybody else so um i, I like to pick McDonald. I, I think he's he's got a high ceiling like he could be one of the best edge rushers in the draft from what i've seen um he's a little light in the pants and only 240 he's not he's not really heavy but i think they're going to get him away from having a lineup uh, directly across from those tackles, and that he's given up so much weight to, and get him on the outside, and let him get ahead of speed, and just start blowing by people. So, uh, I, I think they did a pretty good job, all in all. You know, they seem to love Will, and, and I know they love Tippmann. Uh I like the kid Schmitz too from Minnesota at center. I was happy as long as we got either one of them. I thought we were going to be okay uh, in the first or second round, so I was pretty good there. And I think they took a swing on the kid. Uh, Carter Warren at tackle from Pitt, another really big guy to stick on the outside, uh, who, you know, he's got some upside, but may need a little bit of, uh, a little bit of polish. Uh, I love Izzy as an, as, like I said, as a home run hitter. And, and I think the steal of the draft could be the kid they took, uh, at tight end from old dominion, uh, Coons at seven. Like I, I, I'm excited about what they may be able to get out of him. Although. The knock-on on, on Rodgers today, he doesn't love tight ends that much, and he never really threw to him a lot, but he really didn't have a lot of great ones in Green Bay to use, so uh, I don't know if that's a, a legit knock on, on Aaron Rodgers or not, but uh, I, I think they have the ability to stretch the field uh, with their tight ends between Coons and Ruckert and Conklin and Zoma. They you know, they got a really good tight end room as well, so I'm, I'm excited.
1: What do you think the realistic ceiling and floor for this team is in 2023?
0: Well, the, the floor is, you know, Game one of 1999, and Aaron Rodgers tears oh. his Achilles like Vinny has oh, oh, Right? Oh
1: no! You know,
0: Vinny ripping your Vinny, Vinny ripping, watching Vinny go down, and your heart getting ripped out on the first game of the season, and Tom Tupa coming in. Um, I think the ceiling is this team's got a shot to do some damage. You know, the, I think they could win 11, 12 games, uh, and and make the playoffs. And then you know, you got to get once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, right? You you get hot you make you make a big play you get a turnover here a big play there anything can happen once you're in the playoffs but you got to get in and that's that's the key once once they get in you know uh all bets are off at that point so it's, you know who who thought that the uh who thought that the Jets in 09 were going to win 5 out of 6 down the stretch and get in at 9 and 7 and go all the way to the you know the AFC title game and then you know blow the lead at halftime when they were like 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl Nobody saw nobody saw that run coming with that team. So anything can happen once you get in.
1: Lenny, thanks a lot for bringing back that terrible memory of Vinny Testaverde <laughs> in the first game of 1999. By the way, I should say, if the Jets would have left Tom Tupa in that game, they pulled him in the fourth quarter and ended up losing – if they'd have left him in, they were winning when he was in the game. They probably would have won that game, and they would have made the playoffs because if you remember, they won their last four games. They went from 4-8 and eight to 8-8. Eight and eight. If they have won one more game, they'd have gotten into the playoffs, and they were sizzling hot at that point. So it would have been really interesting. I just hope that, like you said, that doomsday scenario doesn't actually happen. But ultimately, what do you think is the most likely scenario here? Do you think the Jets are going to break the playoff drought? And if so, how far do you think they can go? I think
0: they make the playoffs. I do think they get in. Uh I I they're clearly better than New England. I think uh you know, I think Buffalo's clearly the best team in the division, but I think Buffalo's shown they can be beaten. Uh and, and same with Miami. I think Miami's good, but Miami doesn't scare me either. Uh so you know, but the key is you got to win you got to win the games in your division. They got to they got to be able to win on the road. Um but I I I think you know, I don't think it would be out of the question to think that this team, this team could make it to the AFC Championship game. And then again, you you, you roll the dice, and you never know what's going to happen. But I I I don't think it's a ridiculous. You know, the, the sad thing is, they say you watch Ted Lasso. They tell you it's the hope that kills you, right? <laughs> I think this is the first time in a long time that Jets fans are going into the season with a lot of hope. You know, it's been a decade of mediocrity to. Abstract, uh, you know, out and out incompetence uh, on the football field. So I think this is the first time in a long time that there's been a lot of hope around around this franchise, and I, I can see them making a run again. I the the guy who's watched this team for 50 years could also very easily see them, you know, going four and 12 because Aaron Rodgers gets hurt immediately. So you you never know. But uh, I'm gonna try. I'm I'm trying to be better about staying positive in my old age, uh, and and not remember things like you know passing on. Anthony Munoz to draft Johnny Lamb-Jones, so.
1: Mm. (laughs) You just keep bringing up all the hits, Lenny. There's so many disappointing moments in Jets history. There are lots of them. (laughs) I will say, though, I don't care what anybody says for as much as Johnny Lamb-Jones and Blair Thomas were busts and major disappointments. Vernon Golston still the biggest bust in Jets history and arguably one of the biggest busts in NFL history because at least with Johnny Lamb-Jones, And Blair Thomas, there were moments, there were games where they played well. Not a lot of them, but it happened from time to time.
0: And Johnny Lamb Jones at least had an Olympic gold medal.
1: Right, but let's not talk too much about people like Johnny Lamb Jones and Blair Thomas because we want to keep this optimistic, not pessimistic. There are a lot of people, Lenny, that think that the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills could all make the playoffs. You could have three teams from the AFC East make it. It has been a while since that combination of teams would have all been in. The Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Do you think that's something that could realistically happen? Would you put money on that?
0: I wouldn't think that's a terrible bet to make. I mean, again, things got to break the right way, but it it certainly is a possibility. They're all good enough to... Individually, all three of those teams are good enough to make the playoffs. Now, whether all three of those teams have things break the right way uh, to all get in, that's a different story. It helps now that seven teams get in uh, out, of, out of, you know, the AFC and then seven more in the NFC. So there, there's a better chance of it than there was than there may have been in the past. So I could definitely see it's not out of the question. Uh, if the odds are right, I'd throw 100 on that.
1: Lenny, when your friend Jigsaw was on the show to talk about the Jets, I asked him if he could pick anybody on the Jets roster right now. To be a top-notch professional wrestler, who would it be? So I want to ask you the same question, drawing from your wrestling background. Also, if you could pick one person on the Jets roster to be a really good wrestling announcer, being that that's what you did for so many years, who would that be? So pick one to be a really good wrestler and one to be a really good announcer.
0: Uh, really good wrestler, I'd go with uh, Quincy Williams, I think would be a good wrestler. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got. Uh, it seems like he's got some personality on the field with his, you know, after big plays the big celebrations. I think uh, I think Quincy could be, could be a pretty good pro wrestler. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to I have to give some thought to the uh, to the announcer one. That that one's a little tougher than the play, than the uh, than the wrestler one. I'll have to get back to you on that one.
1: You know who I think would be a really good wrestling announcer? Actually, if we're not just constraining it to players, Robert Sala. I think he'd be a good announcer.
0: I can see that. He's got the. He's got good pipes. He definitely has the voice for it, for
1: sure. And if we're not constraining it to just the guys that are on the roster as players, I think Joe Douglas, especially if he were younger, would have been a hell of a pro wrestler. He's got the size. He's got some of that presence and he grew up a huge wrestling fan. In fact, Lenny, I don't know if you know this, but the way that he and Adam Gase became really good friends when they were together in Chicago is by bonding over old school wrestling. They were both huge four horsemen fans.
0: All right. Well, don't, first of all, don't give me a reason to stop hating Adam Gates. <laughs> if I can't bring up Johnny Lamb Jones and Blair Thomas, you cannot bring up Adam Gase.
1: <laughs> In fairness, I was one of the first people that was very loudly a gay detractor I hated the hire from the get-go, so hopefully things turn out better for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And I will say this, Lenny, if nothing else, if Joe Douglas ends up turning this thing around and the roster ends up being as good as we hope and the Jets start making deep playoff runs, we will at least have Adam Gase to thank for Joe Douglas.
0: Fair. I'll begrudgingly give you that. (laughs)
1: Lenny, before you run, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your friend who recently passed away, Jay Briscoe. I know this is a football show, but still Jay Briscoe, somebody who was sort of a crossover because I believe he played football at one point, not in the pros or anything like that, but just such a sad story of a guy who was an incredible talent. And the thing I loved about him and his brother, Mark, who's still out there is they were unique characters. They were guys that In a world of cookie cutter, where these guys all wear the same trunks and the same boots and do the same moves, they were completely different. And they stood out. If you're an indie wrestling fan, you love the Briscoes. And there was always the question, how come the Briscoes aren't in WWE? Or how come the Briscoes aren't in AEW or anything like that? And he's a guy that I think encapsulated why people love pro wrestling. Because, like I said, he was that character. And he was a guy that would really make you believe and so when we talk about football players that would have been really good pro wrestlers, a guy that was a football player at one point in his life who became a great pro wrestler, Jay Briscoe, wanted to know if you had anything you could talk about in terms of a story from your time together with him, you know, working in the Indies and Ring of Honor and all that.
0: Jay was one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Like he, he was a family man through and through. He loved his wife. He loved his kids. He loved his brother. Uh, he loved his parents he he and his brother should have been millionaires, and it's a shame that they're not. Um, Jay made a mistake one day and said a bunch of stuff he shouldn't have said that I think deep down in his heart, he really didn't believe, but so yeah, he just got caught up, you know and and saying some things that he shouldn't have said and he paid the price for it and unfortunately, his brother paid the price with him, and they never got that opportunity to. Show a larger audience just how talented they were inside the ring, but yeah, he loved football. He was a great player in, in high school. I believe they retired his jersey uh, at his high school, um, uh, back during after his playing days were over. Um, he loved the Raiders, he was a huge Raider fan. In fact, uh, one of his kids named Gannon after Rich Gannon, wow. quarterback of the uh, of, of his beloved Raiders. Um, and they were just like the most down-to-earth guys they you know they they had they played chicken farmers as their characters because they were chicken farmers in real life uh back in Delaware and that's what they did That was a family business and they uh um they were hard-working guys um uh, they always had a smile on their face always had a hug every time I saw them even though it had been years at one point uh as wrestling often does you kind of go your separate ways but uh, when you run into people that you, you worked with for a long time, it's like you've seen them five minutes ago the first time you see them after five years. Uh, and it's always a big hug and a, and, a, and a laugh every time we got together. And uh, it's it's just sad that uh, uh, that he was taken in such a tragic way and that his family was impacted in, in the way it was. And his kids were in – two of the girls were uh, hurt as badly as they were in, in that accident. But um, his family was a family of great faith, Mark – his brother uh, um, tore the house down at the funeral. Um, I was, you know, I ha- it was one of the things where, you know, I had to go. I, I had to go say goodbye and pay my respects. So I got on a plane and went from Florida to Delaware and uh, and got to catch up with some some friends and, and see and see Mark and and say goodbye to Jay. And uh, uh, he was just uh, he was a guy to give you the shirt off his back. Um, and he was just uh, it's a great loss. To to not just wrestling, but anybody who knew him uh, He was just a a heck of a guy And sad
1: Jay Briscoe, a great wrestler, great man Who I think inspired a lot of people A lot of young up and coming wrestlers And gave us a lot of fantastic moments to watch And so we're going to dedicate this episode Of the podcast to his memory Even though he was a Raiders fan
0: Sounds good, I'm sure he's looking down laughing He'll, He'll appreciate the humor
1: so for them boys in Sandy Fork, Delaware, especially Jay Briscoe, who was taken way too soon, this one's for you. Lenny Leonard, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I hope you'll come back soon. For those that want to follow you on social media, check out what you're doing these days. What's going on? How can people interact with you on social media?
0: Oh, God, I don't even remember what my Twitter handle is anymore. What is it? You, you uh, <laughs> Hold on. It is Lenny Leonard NYC. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Same on uh, Instagram as well, but... Facebook's a cult, so...
1: So, if you want to interact with Lenny, talk a little pro wrestling, but more importantly, talk some Jets with him, go ahead and follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Check out everything we've got going on over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome all 22 breakdowns up on our channel right now, including the 2023 draft class. So, go ahead and watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. That's T E E Public.com. We've got the John Frank Lamont. Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you. Thank you. Shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. T That's T public.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show. If you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York jets, podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com.